appreciate Brother Russell going to the prisons and preaching. Amen. You never know. Somebody may get saved. Amen. As a result of that, you go time and time again. And uh, sometimes I'm sure the devil says, well, is it worth all the time you invest in it? But I'll tell you, it's worth just that one soul that walks down the aisle and gets born in the family of God. And I sure appreciate all the good singing tonight. And I want to preach from John chapter number 1. It amazes me how... God put those last two songs together with what he laid on my heart to preach tonight. And so I preach just a few minutes tonight and try to be a help. Uh, God willing, if you're able to stand with us, John chapter number 1. This is a familiar text, and somebody this week, I was trying to remember today who it was, but when you get to, fr- when you get to Friday morning camp, Everything that happened from Monday to Friday is just a big blur. I mean, it just, it started somewhere, as you know, it ended somewhere, but when and whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell you. Amen. That's kind of how you live every day at camp. But uh, I enjoy it. I love it. Look forward to it all year, each year. But uh, somebody preached from this text. And uh, the Lord just gave me a message as they were preaching and uh, felt like the Lord would have me to preach it tonight. And it goes so well with those two songs that they just sung. And so the Lord knows about that. John chapter number 1 and verse 35. The Bible said again the next day after John stood and two of his disciples and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? And he saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. I like that phrase, don't you? And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Peter, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is being interpreted a stone. Father, Lord, I do want to thank you for the privilege to be in your house tonight, for all the good singing and the testimonies that we've heard. Thank you, dear Lord, for your people tonight and for most of all your presence. I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word and may thy will be done and we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach on this subject tonight on discipleship. Discipleship. And when we come to verse number 35, notice with me very quickly three things that we see in verse number 35 because the Bible in this passage here, I do want to just mention this before we look at that verse. Uh, The the message tonight, the, the, the text as well tonight, centers as much around Andrew as it does Peter and of course it does Christ. And I want to use Andrew tonight as and preach on the subject of discipleship because Andrew is a great picture. He's the first apostle that that is being called out, or disciples, should we say, that's being called out here by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives us a good picture of a real disciple of Jesus. And in this text, verse 35 here, we notice three things about Andrew. First of all, we see Andrew's preacher. The Bible says, in the next day after John stood. So Andrew was a disciple of John the Baptist before he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now that doesn't mean that he followed, he 
trusted in John and believed in John because John did not promote himself, but he promoted and he preached Christ. Amen? But his preacher, how would you like to have John the Baptist for a preacher? Amen? I mean, you think sometimes uh, uh, we've heard some hard preaching and rough preaching. Amen? I mean, if old John walked in here this this evening, I mean, he'd have a camel suit on, he'd have honey dripping off his chin, and he'd have a wild look in his eyes. Amen? And he wouldn't preach a sugar stick. I promise you that. Um, But he had John the Baptist for a preacher. So we know that Andrew could take some preaching. Amen? And we see his preacher. Then uh, we see his partner. Notice in uh, verse number 35, the Bible says, In the next day, after John stood, and two of his disciples. So uh, Andrew is not by himself. Andrew has a disciple with him. And that's what the Bible teaches, is that when we go out to witness, when we go out to work for God, uh, we're to go in twos. Isn't that right? Somebody does the praying while somebody does the witnessing. Amen? And there's strength in number. And that's what the Word of God teaches, this principle here. But we see his partner. And then we see his position. What is the position that Andrew has in this verse here? The Bible says that they were two of his disciples. Amen? His disciples. And that's what I want to preach on tonight. I want to preach on discipleship because before Andrew was before he was known as anything else, he was known as a disciple. Before Peter became the great apostle that we know him to be, before he was known as the one to preach at Pentecost, that great message where 3,000 souls were saved, he was a disciple, amen? And that's where we begin. When we get saved by the grace of God, we become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Now, it does not matter if God calls you to be an evangelist, a missionary, if he calls you to be a pastor, if he gives you a Sunday school class, you're not called to teach, but if you have a Sunday school class and you're a teacher tonight, whether you've got the gift or the ability, should I say, to sing, and you're a singer, I don't believe God calls singers, amen, you won't find that in the scriptures neither, there's not a calling to sing, but God does people give, does give people the talent to sing, but it doesn't matter what title you may have tonight, there's one title that supersedes everything else and it's one that we all have in common and it is that position of discipleship. The reason we're here tonight and the reason we've gathered here and the reason we're a part of the church is because we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And when I think about discipleship and I look at the life of Andrew, there's three things in this text tonight that you'll see Andrew doing here that disciples do. I want to give you these three things and I'll be through tonight. Number one, I want you to notice in verse number 36 down to verse number 38, I see Andrew following. Amen. The Bible says in verse 37, and the two disciples heard him speak and notice this, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and saw them following. Amen. What are these disciples doing? They're following Jesus. Now, they've been under the ministry of John the Baptist 
They've heard the preaching of John the Baptist, uh, but now Jesus has come on the scene. Uh, and you know what? They've left John and they're following Jesus. Uh, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. We may win somebody to God and we may disciple them and we may, listen, mentor them for a little bit, uh, but eventually uh, they're not to cling to us. Uh, they're to cling to Christ. Amen. And I'm telling you, John was, a, a Jesus said there wasn't a greater than John, born of a woman than John the Baptist. Uh, uh, but I tell you, it's never meant uh, for us to follow man. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, man, God may use man in our life and he will. And man may inspire us. He may instruct us, uh, but he's not the Christ. Amen. Uh, we're not to worship man. We're not to follow man. Uh, uh, we are to follow Jesus Christ tonight. Notice how they followed Jesus in verse number 36. I see here that they looked upon Jesus. The Bible says, and looking upon Jesus as he walked, he saith, talking about John, behold the Lamb of God. Now they start, they're following Jesus started out with them looking upon Jesus. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews, uh, in the book of Hebrews, Luke chapter 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross despising the shame and is set down to the right hand the throne of God hey we're to keep our eyes on Christ amen we're to see him who is invisible as they were on the mount of transfiguration that day there's Elijah in all of his glory there's Moses in all of his glory listen my friend there's Jesus in all of his glory God the Father speaks audibly out of heaven but the Bible says that they saw at the end that no man saved Jesus only I'm telling you there's only one tonight uh, that we're to look to and we're to follow and that is Jesus Christ uh, we're to do what John told those disciples to do in verse number 36 uh, we are to behold the Lamb of God amen and I see here they're following they looked upon Jesus then look at verse number 30 uh, verse number 37 they listened to Jesus the Bible said and the two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus they heard uh, him speak. Amen. Now the Pharisees heard him speak uh, and the Sadducees heard him speak uh, but the difference between these disciples uh, and the Pharisees now they were religious people but they never did follow after the teaching and the preaching of Jesus Christ uh, but true disciples uh, uh, they listen to what Christ has to say. You know tonight when you sit in church don't listen to you pastor. Listen to God. Don't say, well, it's Sunday night and, it's, and I got work tomorrow and I know all that. I've been there. But listen, what is it that God, you say, well, you're preaching on discipleship. I understand that. But what is it personally that the Holy Spirit would say to you in this sermon? You're not going to remember all of my message. You may remember the thought. You might remember the title. You may not. Come Monday morning, you may not even remember what I preached on uh, tonight. You say, well, my memory's not that bad. Maybe it's not. Uh, uh, but if I should call you up and say, hey, what did I preach on yesterday? You'd be like, ugh. Don't feel bad. Sometimes people call me on Monday and say, hey, what did you preach on yesterday? Uh, I don't know. I hadn't had my cup of coffee yet. Call me about an hour. I'll check my notes. Amen. 
Hey, uh, sometimes uh, what I'm saying is uh, you're not going to remember all the things that I'm saying uh, and I'm not saying anything that you've not already heard uh, if you've been in church any length of time. Uh, but I'll tell you while I'm preaching, uh, uh, you ought to be listening for a voice uh, uh, that supersedes my voice tonight uh, and that's the most important voice. Uh, what is it God uh, would say to you personally about discipleship? Uh, I may have an outline, uh, but the outline doesn't really matter. What really matters is what is it that he's trying to say to you listen to Jesus Christ don't become numb don't turn a deaf ear don't listen waste a service but tune in young people tune in middle aged folks tune in listen to what God has to say to you that's what disciples do they, they follow Jesus they look unto him they listen to him and then I like this in verse number 38 they longed for him Then Jesus turned, he's walking away. And he saw them following and saith unto them, what seek ye? In other words, in plain old Georgia language, why do you keep following me? And they said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, uh, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? I mean, one look upon him. Just looking at his face and, and just hearing his voice and all of a sudden, uh, they said, I want to know where this man is going. Uh, I want to know where this man lives. Uh, I mean, they had a decide, desire uh, to be with him. Is that what, what disciples have? Uh, disciples have a desire uh, to be with Jesus Christ. Amen. We have a desire to be in his presence. Uh, I didn't come and you didn't come to hear pretty singing tonight. Uh, if you did, uh, you came for the wrong reason. Amen. I didn't come to give and you didn't come to hear a smooth outline. If you did, you'll leave disappointed tonight. I didn't come to just meet and greet and see people. And I love to see the people of God. But there's got to be more to it than just social gatherings and fellowship. i tell you why we came tonight. Because in our heart of hearts, there's a longing, amen. You didn't come to see me. And I didn't come to see you. But before the service comes to a close, we all have a desire that we will have sat in His presence, that we will have heard his voice that we will have met with God hallelujah I'm telling you I'm not satisfied if he don't show up can I get an amen right there I don't care if the house is packed I don't care how much they promoted the meeting I don't care listen who shows up who's who doesn't matter amen I'm telling you Jesus doesn't show up it's all a big waste of time amen this building doesn't mean nothing this property doesn't mean nothing any amount of money we got in the bank doesn't mean nothing if we don't have him we don't have anything we're here for one reason and that's to follow him and I long for him don't you Somebody asked me a few years ago, sincerely. I can't remember who it was. I hope it ain't nobody sitting here, but if it is, I'm saying it in kindness. They said, uh, do y'all, they joined the church, and they said Easter time was coming around. They said, do y'all dress up real big for Easter? I said, I don't think so. I said, I have to go ask my wife about that. I might wear an orange tie on Easter. Amen, with pumpkins on. No, I'm just kidding. I don't celebrate Halloween. But uh, whoever, I remember who it was, asked me. And I said, no. I said, and they said, oh, good. They said, we, we, they went to one church where it was a big deal. And they said, you know, we couldn't, and then they couldn't dress the whole family up, buy new dresses. Every, I said, you're good here. 
I said, as long as they're modest, amen, and you're good here. I, I mean, maybe people do dress up for Easter. I hadn't really paid attention, and I'm sorry, amen. If you dressed up real nice for Easter and none of us paid attention, we're all sorry about it, amen. But I don't care if you got a new dress. Hey, if you can go buy a new dress for Easter, go buy five of them. I mean, I say more power to you. But if you wear the same thing you wore last Sunday, as long as you washed it and it's clean, amen, I mean, that doesn't make no difference to me neither, amen. I'm just telling you what matters, amen. Listen, I'm not saying it's not, uh, listen, it's not good to dress nice. You know what I'm saying. Uh, I'm telling you, I've got to get out of this hole in a hurry. Amen. Uh, may not matter to you men, but I sure am getting some pretty ugly looks from some women right now. Uh, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm saying this. Uh, it really doesn't matter. Uh, uh, listen, uh, if I bought this tie at Walmart uh, or where, where if I bought it at Joseph Banks and I didn't buy it at Joseph Banks, I promise you that. Uh, uh, but i tell you what does matter uh, is that God shows up. Uh, is that God God meets with us. Listen, he is here. That's why we're here, friend. We need him. We need his presence. And he makes all the difference in the world, doesn't he? Because that's what disciples do. They follow Jesus. That's why we don't have to have a fog machine. How many of y'all thank God we don't have a fog machine? I wouldn't know what to do with one if we did that. Well, we did have one at Christmas play, amen. I'm telling you, everything I preach against, y'all wind up getting eventually for some reason. <laughs> preach against television. We got six of them around here now, amen. They're monitors. Y'all know what I'm talking about. I mean, we, but, but we don't, we don't have a, we don't have frontline singers and we don't have a, a we don't have a praise team and, and we're not going to have none of that mess. You know that. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, uh, you know why? Because we don't have to pull a rabbit out of the hat on Sunday. We don't got to try to come up with something. Uh, we don't have to have all the theatrics. Amen. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, what we need is the presence of God. Uh, and as long as we got the presence of God, it sure makes a difference. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't feel like preaching tonight when I got started. Uh, but the longer I'm preaching, the better I'm feeling. Amen. I'm just telling you, you know what the difference is. It sure ain't me. It's all him. Amen. He makes a difference. Amen. A song is just a song until he gets in it. A sermon is just a sermon. But when he shows up, it makes a difference. A testimony is just a testimony until he gets a hold of it. I'm telling you, when he shows up, he needs no announcement. He needs no introduction. We don't have to figure out who just stepped in the room. I'm telling you, friend, disciples, we follow him. We want to be where he is. We long to be with him. Don't you long for him? I long for him. Hallelujah. I want him here every time. We turn the lights on. We need him Sunday morning. We need him Sunday night. We need him on Wednesday night. We just need him. Amen. I don't want to just have a good service. I want to have God in the service. I started to say a God's, I don't like it when people say a God thing. What is it about that? That drives me nuts. Does that drive any of y'all nuts? Well, you know, that was just a God thing. I don't even like that terminology. Number one, God's not a thing. And when God does something, I, don't, I just want to say, well, praise God. He, God did something for us. Isn't that, doesn't it just sound better to say that? Well, that's just a God thing. No, that's, that's a liberal. That's a, that's a contemporary thing is what that is. Amen. Don't y'all ever say that's a God thing. Can I get a witness over here? Don't ever go around saying something like that. Uh, I don't know why it's in that text somewhere. So I'm just telling you discipleship uh, is about following Jesus. Uh, Andrew is following in this text. Then I noticed something else. 
Andrew is fellowshipping. Look at verse 39. He saith unto them, Come and see. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. When I look at this verse, I see the words of Christ. Come and see. Isn't that interesting that Jesus, they said, Master, where dwellest thou? He said, come and see. I want to tell you, there, I don't know where at the exact moment I had studied that out. Maybe, it's, maybe it tells it in one of the gospels somewhere. Maybe it doesn't. Uh, you know, I haven't tried to link that phrase together. Maybe it doesn't link. I don't know. But I'll tell you one thing. Wherever he was, it was just a humble abode. There wasn't much to come and see. But they weren't going to his house to take a tour of his house. They weren't going to his dwelling place. To, they wasn't interested is what I'm saying in seeing his home and seeing his things and, and viewing that. No, they, they wanted to be where he was. And he said, where dwellest thou? He said, come and see. Isn't it interesting? Jesus gives them an open invitation to just come in. I'm telling you, he always gives us an open invitation when it comes to fellowship. He gives a sinner an open invitation when it comes to salvation. But he gives a saint an open invitation to come in and fellowship. You see, tonight when you go home, if you want to open your Bible and pray, uh, you've got an open invitation. Come and see, amen. If you want to see what's in the book of John, uh, uh, you come and see. If you want to see what's in the book of Revelations, come and see. You say, I've already read it. I know that. But I promise you one thing. It doesn't make no difference how many times I read a, a passage of Scripture. He just has a way of helping me to see something I never saw before uh, because this book's alive. Uh, I'm talking about when it comes to fellowship, it's always fresh and there's always an invitation. You can come and see. And I see here the willingness. They came and saw where he dwelt. And then I noticed the wonder. They abode with him that day. Can you imagine spending a whole day with Jesus Christ? Think about that song. The songwriter said, there are days I ought to be all alone with Christ my Lord. I can tell him all my troubles all alone. I want to say tonight, fellowship is great. And when I think about discipleship, it's about following. Andrew is following and Andrew is fellowshipping. Hear me tonight, I say this and I'll move right on. Listen, in your, in your Christian life, you need to follow Jesus. You need to be a disciple in how you live and the things you do. We need to be a disciple. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, at the supermarket, at the schoolhouse, at the place that we work, we need to be reminded that before we're an employee, we're a disciple. Before you're a student, you're a disciple. Before I'm a, a pastor, I'm a disciple. And we need to, we, that's our following. But in that fellowship, we need to walk with God. We need to have a personal prayer time, a personal devotion time. You need to read your Bible every day. You need to spend time in prayer with God every day. It only takes a little bit of time. And you can spend a whole lot of time. In fact, there are days you can spend all day with Christ. Uh, on a Saturday, you say, I work all week. I understand that. I'll tell you, if you just take a day and just spend some time 
time in the Word of God and prayer. It'll sure make a difference in your outlook on life. It'll draw you closer to Him. I'm talking about discipleship. It's about following Jesus and it's about fellowshipping with Jesus. Then finally, notice this. Andrew's not only following, he's not only fellowshipping, but notice this and we'll be through tonight. Andrew's fishing. Verse number 40. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And I see Andrew in his fishing here in verse number 40. I see his brother. He is fishing for his brother. Look at verse 41. He first findeth his own brother Simon. Amen. And here in this text, uh, Andrew is fishing. He sees Jesus. He hear, He looks upon him. He hears him. He goes and spends a day at his house. Uh, he's forever changed. Uh, and now all of a sudden uh, he's followed Christ. He's fellowship with him. Uh, but now he wants to go get somebody else uh, and bring them to Jesus. That's what verse number 42 says. Uh, He wants to bring somebody to Jesus. Uh, He's going out fishing for men uh, as Jesus would later tell them. Uh, He's already working this principle into his life uh, and yet he doesn't even know the terminology but he has this burden when he leaves the presence of Jesus Christ uh, and the burden is about his brother. I see his brother Peter. What a disciple Peter was. Isn't that right? Everything Peter said before Pentecost except for one thing was wrong. I mean, I said a lot of things that I wished I could take back. Peter was notorious for putting his mouth in gear before his mind went in gear. He spoke out of his emotions. He he spoke uh, with full intention. I believe he he sincerely meant what he said, but he didn't know how yet to be. The Spirit of God had not controlled his tongue yet. And even when Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, in that same dialogue there, he announces Jesus Christ, and it was the Spirit that helped him because Jesus said, Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but by my Spirit. It was the Spirit of God that spoke uh, uh, through Peter when he made that announcement that Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But even that that same dialogue, uh, uh, Jesus has to rebuke him and say, Get thee behind me, Peter. Everything Peter said before Pentecost except that, was always in the wrong but after he was filled with the spirit when he stood at Pentecost and preached Peter spoke right because the spirit of God is what helps us what a disciple Peter was but I'll tell you Peter gets the credit for preaching at Pentecost and he wrote first and second Peter and God greatly used him but it was his brother that got a burden and brought him to Christ amen you see you may be here tonight young people And please don't misinterpret what I'm about to say. I would never discourage a young person from stepping out for God. If God calls one of you to the mission field, you need to go. But I also want you to understand tonight, you may be the one that stays here, works a job, or if you're a a lady that raises a child, that becomes a great missionary. That may be your mission field. Your mission field may be being a godly mother. Your mission field may be going into the same place for the next 30 years, punching a clock, blue-collar job, 
sweating it out, but being alive in such a dark world. And you may win. And then your mission field may be Papua New Guinea. It may be across the shore. I don't know where your mission field is, but what I'm saying to all of us, myself included tonight, my mission field is not to be the pastor of Bible Baptist Church. My mission field is I live in Chickamauga, Georgia, and there's people up and down the streets everywhere that do not know Jesus Christ, and they're going to hell, and Fort Oglethorpe, and Rossville, and, and, and everywhere there's people in gas stations that need to be saved, and they need a gospel track. A, a man came and did some work at my house, house uh, this weekend uh, and, and, and I talked to him uh, and, and I asked him, he was very kind uh, and I said to him, I said, sir, I said, are you a Christian? He said, well, he said, I, me and my wife's been looking for a church. I don't know if the man's saved. But my mission field that day was to a man that was helping me work on the house. I gave him that track. I said, I sure would like for you and your wife to come, come to find out he was from, he'd born and raised in Chatsworth. I said, I knew you was a good soul. I said, where are you from? He said, I'm from Chatsworth. I said, you ain't going to believe this. She said, I said, born and bred right here. I said, we're, we're almost probably our kin, truth be known. <laughs> but thank God he brought us out that he might bring us in. Amen. <laughs> I said, man, I'd love for you to come to church. I'm not telling you I always pass tracks out like I should. I want to. I've let some, th- let some people slip through my fingertips. I don't want to do that ever again. But he has a burden. But tonight, we ought to have a burden. Let me ask you this question. Do you have a a sister going to hell tonight? Do you have a brother that's not saved? Do you have a child that's not saved? Do Do you have a grandparent? Do you have a parent that's lost? Think about it for a minute. Who in your family tonight doesn't know Jesus Christ? Do you have an aunt? Do you have an uncle? You say, well, well, they're kindly distant kin. Yeah, but they're still going to hell and they still need to be saved. And listen, there's something we could all do. You know, Brother, Brother David, I remember a few years ago, and I can't recall if it was a nephew or who it was or a cousin, but I just remember your mother, and I know you'll remember this, but I remember her having this great burden for somebody in the family that was going to hell that wasn't saved. I remember her coming to church, and, and, and you would probably remember who this was, but she was, she, they lived off, and, and she was writing them letters, giving them the gospel. I think maybe putting some tracts in there or something. And she'd come to church, and she requested prayer uh, for this. It was a young man, I remember that, that needed to be saved. And that's really why we're here, isn't it? I love our church. I love our singing. I, I love the, the, the camps and the, the jubilee. And I, and I love the, all the things that, that God lets us do. It's a great environment to raise your family in. I, I thank God for the families of this church. But I'm just speaking about myself when I make this statement. I don't want to live in a bubble and let the world go to hell. And say, well, we got a great church and we got, and I don't think you do neither because I think when we have, and some people work Saturdays, I, get, I understand that. I'm not fussing if you can't be here on Saturdays or, you know, you can give the gospel out any time, but I don't think you feel that same way. We have visitation, we have 35, 45, 50, sometimes 60 people show up for visit. I, I thank God for that here. That this is a church that I can say cares about the souls of men. But tonight, Andrew, 
He's fishing. I see his brother. I see his burden. Then I notice his blessing. Look at verse number 42. He said in verse 41, We found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And here's his blessing. He brought him to Jesus. Can you imagine how Andrew must have felt? The closer he got to where Jesus was at, where he lived. He's, I can see him. Now, now Peter, you, you, you're not going to you got to meet him. Just wait till you see him, Peter. I know John's preached about him. John said, behold the Lamb of God. He told us he was coming. But I'm telling you, Peter, when I saw him, his soul changed me. Just something about him, Peter. And then I heard him speak. And Peter, when you hear his voice, uh, he's going to talk to you. And Peter, it's going to be a voice like you've never heard before. I know it's just a natural voice. uh, But there's something about it, Peter. When he speaks, uh, it speaks to the inner recesses of your soul, Peter. I'm just telling you, uh, you've never met anybody like him. Uh, You've never heard anybody like him. Uh, I can see him getting him ready. Uh, uh, Peter, we're almost there, just over the hilltop. Uh, He just lives right down here. Now, Peter, he doesn't have much and it doesn't look like much I'm telling you he outshines everything it really doesn't matter where we're going you won't notice anything else in the house once he shows up Peter it'll all be about him when you see him you won't remember me Peter in that brief moment when you see him it'll be him I want to say tonight Jesus brother Danny if I could sing I'll tell you what I'd sing right now I'd sing Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same as his lovely name. And that's the reason why we love him so. You know why? Because Jesus He really is the sweetest name that I know. Just the mention of his name in the stillness of the night, in the hardest of times, in my friend, the deepest valleys of life, when our heart has been shattered and our heart has been broken and no words seem to help the name Jesus. It begins to lift our spirit. It begins to strengthen our soul. Jesus, it'll get you over the next hilltop. Jesus, we'll see you through the storm forms of life. Uh, Jesus uh, is the answer for all of life's questions. Uh, it's just Jesus. Uh, we're just going to keep on uh, making much uh, of Jesus. Hallelujah. It embarrasses me when people brag on themselves. You ever been embarrassed for people? It's like I'm turning red and I wish they would. Y'all like that? I want to crawl under a pew and I wish they would. I can't stand to be in a church and and they get some group up here that they've paid that they're not what they're not worth anyway. They got cigarette smoke all over them, you know. And they got to put a show on for the glory of God. I I just don't I don't care nothing about that, do you? I just don't care nothing about that. I don't want to I you know and I don't I don't really like their jokes. They're all corny anyway. Y'all know that, don't you? And they do that fake laughing. Amen. It reminds me of Little House on the Prairie when they fake laughed. It's not real. Y'all don't hide your halo and tuck your wings in. Just go to one of them. Amen. I've sat through enough of them in life. I'm like, dear God, I wish I was 30 minutes late for church tonight. Get past this mess. And then y'all try preaching behind some of that. Hey, don't do nothing. But I'll tell you, you give me some gray-haired granny. 
You give me some saint of God that's walked with God through the fire. Her voice may quiver and it may shake. But I'll tell you, they're singing from the inside out. When they begin to lift their voice, somebody bigger than all of us steps in the room. I'm telling you, when he steps in, all of a sudden, hallelujah, I feel like I'm about to sprout wings and fly, amen, as they begin to sing and the glory of God begins to show up because it's about Jesus and the greatest blessing we'll ever know is getting someone else in the presence of the one that's changed our life, amen. That's discipleship, isn't it? He told him about Jesus in verse 41. He took him to Jesus in verse 42. And Peter has a personal encounter with Jesus because of Andrew. And I asked myself, I wrote it down here in my Bible, how many people have had a personal encounter because of me? God help me tonight. I'll say this and close here. In this passage, Peter is bringing a loved one to Jesus. In John chapter number 6, You'll turn there very quickly. I'll read two verses and give you an invitation. Andrew, I mean not Peter. Andrew is bringing a loved one, Peter, to Jesus. Then in John chapter 6 and verse 8, and one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, saith unto him, There is a lad here which hath five.